It's the August 4th, 2019 edition of Weekly Signals Meltdown, a reconfiguration of the last 168 hours of history broadcasting from Studio A at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And as always, <laughs> our stone-cold crooked friend, Mahler, <laughs> the fake news dog. <laughs> From yeah, yes. Coming up, Ukraine in the dark. Rob bribery. <laughs> Rob bribery. Yeah. Planet Nine black holes <laughs> and more. But first, have you ever talked to a bat, Mike? You know, like a an animal bat, not I a have, baseball bat. I've yeah. screamed at an <laughs> at a bat before as it or, came barreling towards me, but I don't right think at it, you? I yeah. I mean, well, right swirling at, around. They seem to. Hey, They're very erratic. They weren't that far above my head. They seemed to be menacing a little bit. But yes, I didn't talk to it as much as I did yell at it. From Smithsonian Magazine, researchers translated bat talk. Uh-huh. Turns out bats argue a lot. They should get their own radio show. <laughs> a machine learning algorithm helped decode the squeaks of Egyptian fruit bats, revealing that they speak to one another. Hmm. As individuals. Wow. Mm -hmm. Bat noises are not just random, as previously thought. Researchers classified 60% of thousands of bat calls they gathered into four categories. Mm -hmm. One, arguing about food. Two, arguing about their positions within their sleeping cluster. Get into this ball of bats yeah. when they're sleeping. That could be a band name, don't you think? Ball of bats? Yeah, I think I sure. like that. It's a band name. Okay. Three, female bats arguing with male bats about their unwanted mating advances. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's like any couple. And, well, any cluster. And four, mm -hmm. bats arguing when another bat gets too close. So they have uh, space issues. Space they have, issues. Yeah. Bats apparently do. Yeah. yeah. Bats make slightly different versions of their bat calls when speaking to different bats. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I don't know so much. I mean, amazing. it's amazing that we were able to deduce this. Yeah. That somehow somebody sat down and said, I wonder if they talk to each other. Differently. Differently. Yes. Like, you yeah. know, when you're, say, talking to Joe Biden, mm -hmm. you talk differently. Oh, definitely. Than when you're talking to me. Yes, yeah. I would. I would definitely. I wonder if there's like a Joe Biden bat. You know, like the the old guy that gets too close to all the other bats, and they really don't like him that much, but he's got name recognition. Close talker kind yeah. of bat. Yeah. 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 I know. Uh, only humans, <laughs> dolphins, and a few other species actually single out individuals and have different voices. Of course, uh, what the other one would be is dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mom. <laughs> do that. Wolves do it. <laughs> From Science Alert. Uh-oh. We found a new way to harvest psilocybin, Mike. <laughs> yes. The psychedelic compound typically found in mushrooms. Scientists engineered bacteria to produce psilocybin and poop it out. Not the scientists. <laughs> Good. Theoretically, yeah, I think if they, if they ate it, enough they, mushrooms. Yeah. But might. apparently science alert thought it would be clickbait if they used the word poop. <laughs> it's a big step toward industrial scale production of psilocybin. Psilocybin. Yeah. This is great. It's found in over 200 fungus species. Yeah. And has long enjoyed its reputation for getting you high and hallucinating. Yeah. 
Recently, it's been proven that psychedelic drugs also have serious potential for treating conditions like severe depression. Yes, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mass-producing psilocybin from mushrooms would require a lot of time, though. Yeah. You have to do it from mushrooms, and it would take a lot of space to grow all the shrooms. So a team of biochemists decided to try something else, metabolic engineering, a biosynthesis process that relies on changing cells so they'll produce compounds that don't naturally produce, or in quantities they don't naturally produce. A little bit of engineering there. Yeah. It's similar to the way you make beer through a fermentation process, we are effectively taking the technology that allows for scale and speed of production and applying it to our psilocybin-producing E. coli, said a researcher. Right. One of the issues about bringing this to market as a drug that could help people with depression and post-traumatic uh -huh. stress disorder yeah. is that the problem with it as a business model, in research that's being done today, yeah. people who are suffering through those particular illnesses they only take maybe one or two or three times, and the impact has been so dramatic that there has been no need to take any more. So if you're a pharmaceutical company and you yeah. want to make this stuff, yeah. you're only going to sell three pills to your market. Which, which Can I just point out the uh, fallacy of capitalism there? I know. Th th thank you. That's because the you're critique. going to cure somebody. Right. You're a doctor, but you don't want to give them this cure because you can't repeatedly give them the cure exactly. because it cures them right away. Because they can take Xanax for, yeah. forever and it doesn't really address the issues involved when people take psilocybin. Apparently, it allows them to go deeply into what it is that's causing the impact yeah. of depression. And therefore, once they deal with it, they don't need it anymore. From the Los Angeles Times, a new study finds that tire dust and tire fragments appear to be the largest source of microplastics polluting San Francisco Bay. And it's likely the same is true for other coastal waters in California. Yeah. Rainfall washes more than 7 trillion pieces of microplastics, much of it tire particles left behind on the streets into San Francisco Bay each year. So just the rainfall washing off the streets is uh, responsible for the microplastic getting into the water, yeah. an amount 300 times greater than what comes from microfibers washing off polyester clothes, microbeads from beauty products, and the many other plastics washing down our sinks and sewers. 300 times greater. I know. So it sounds like the big culprit here for microplastics, at least in our area, is... The automobile. Yeah. Tires. The automobile. Yeah. Tires. By the way, I just read also that certain kinds of tea bags are also responsible for a lot of micro... My guess is a tea bag doesn't have a whole lot on a tire. No. No, yeah. absolutely not. But I was I, surprised. Maybe. But the more you think about it, it's not made out of cloth. It's made out of some kind of plastic, these tea bags yeah. are. So so who uses a tea bag? You don't. I was just yeah. going to point out the fact that I am looking at a canister of tea that uh, tea tiger. Nathan brings in every week, and there is mm -hmm. no tea bag to be seen. It's leaves. Isn't that, that amazing? Yeah. That, that people actually use leaves to make tea. It's and so not bags. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there that you go. That's a damn British... Just want a shout out to Nathan Callahan for no, his... no, no. A, a shout down to everybody who has uh, yes. a, needs a bag. <coughs> Once plastic <coughs> enters the environment, it breaks down into tiny little pieces that never go away. Nope. The tiny particles make their way into the ocean, into the stomachs of marine animals, and ultimately become part of the food and water we consume. 
A recent UC Davis study sampled seafoods sold at local markets in Half Moon Bay, California. The study found that one quarter of the fish and one third of the shellfish contain plastic debris. A survey comparing 150 tap water samples from five continents found synthetic microfibers in almost every sample. 94% in the United States. 94% of the water samples contained microplastics. So we're ingesting a lot of plastic. Yeah. And it doesn't break down. No. Microplastics are commonly defined as plastic particles smaller than 5 millimeters. These particles often contain harmful chemical additives such as flame retardants and plasticizers, but the overwhelming diversity in size and chemical composition also makes toxicity difficult to predict, let alone study. Rubber fragments, which are also considered plastic, can be toxic because of the fossil fuel-associated compounds that they're picking up off the street. And you I'd... got the rubber on the street, but you have all this exhaust blowing down on this. It's absorbing that exhaust. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do we fix it, Mike? Different kind of compounds for tires, yeah. uh, mass transit, <laughs> yeah. uh, getting out of our car, that, riding right? our bicycles. Exactly. Yes, yes. Well, bicycles have tires. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. They do. How, about, how about, for one thing, <laughs> how about just using public transportation yeah. so there's not as many tires on the road? Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. People always look for ways Hovercraft? To, to, to spend the uh, same amount of energy and get somewhere that they really don't have to be at. <laughs> They have to do this thing. You know, they have to go to Aspen, Colorado, or they have to yeah. drive into Los Angeles or God knows what. Right. Instead of just saying, maybe I don't do that. Maybe I stay at home and enjoy what's right in front of my face. Harumph. Yeah. <laughs> if this news makes you consider public transportation, may I recommend a donation to KUCI? Because we thought of it first. <laughs> Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio at 88.9 FM KUCI.org. Uh-huh. From weather.com. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Weather Channel. It is the Weather Channel. Yeah, I believe. A, little, yeah. Yeah. a little thing they got there. Why do they call that the inner tubes? The inner tubes. Flooding is threatening to cause crap to spread from tens of thousands of septic tank systems in Miami-Dade County. Miami is our canary in the coal mine oh, for, for the rising sea levels. Flooding is causing this crap to spread around. The state has 2.6 million septic tank systems. Yeah. And more than 100,000 in Miami-Dade County alone. 100,000 septic tanks. Higher sea levels means a higher water table that saturates the ground and makes it impossible for the soil to filter waste from the water that comes out of septic tanks. They rely on dry soil, septic tanks do, to work properly. Connecting the septic tanks to Miami-Dade's sewer lines would cost more than $3 billion. So this is where, when people talk about the Green New Deal and how... Gosh darn expensive it is. This is one minuscule part of a bigger picture of what it's going to cost us to try and fend off the effects of climate change and rising sea levels. This is a little tick on an elephant somewhere in the grand scheme of what's going to happen. Yeah. In other words, you got to 
spend some money on this or you're going to eat shite. Yeah, you know? or you literally yeah. are going to be eating shite. The problem is especially acute in Florida, which has 2.6 million septic tanks. Yeah. That represents 12% of all septic tank systems in the U.S. Jesus. You wake up in the morning, you know, you're getting out of bed, you're having a nice cup of coffee <laughs> and, and, and a nice piece of toast with some... Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, some, some soy butter on there. Yeah, and, and, and we're talking about septic tanks. Yeah. 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 You turn on KUCI <laughs> yeah. and there's two clowns yeah. talking about crap in the water. Whatever you do, don't eat the almond <laughs> butter while we're talking about this particular... I had some almond butter this morning. Yeah. I always have almond butter. Uh, almond butter's the best. That's how I get going. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. I don't like peanut butter. I try to yeah. like peanut butter. It's funny you should say because that. Because almond butter, I understand that you have to eat, use a lot of water yes, to do. produce these things. Yes, they I, do. I, I cherish my almond butter. And you probably get every drop of almond butter out of and that And I jar. don't slather it. No. I just I put a nice, nice layer. thin coat yeah. of almond butter, and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Sometimes a I like to put some sort of fruit, uh, maybe <laughs> an in-season fruit on top. Ooh. Maybe slice up some peaches when uh-huh. they're in season and put them on top. Or bananas, bananas right bananas. up on top there. I went out and bought a jar of peanut butter recently just to reacquaint myself with it, and it's cheaper. It's like yeah. 2 oh, or $3 yeah. cheaper, and I couldn't. There's something no, wrong with it. It's not right. <laughs> not right. Not right. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Miami-Dade County, where sea levels have already risen four inches since 1994, more than 105,000 residential properties still use septic tanks. More than half of those systems, 58,000, are periodically compromised during storms or wet years. High sea levels threaten the systems that carry wastewater away from more than one in five households in the United States. We're running into something here. We are. We're going to have to, <laughs> have to watch this in the future. That's according to the EPA. Yeah, we're running towards a speeding train. Yeah. And that's not going to end well. No. By the way, a chunk of uh, the Antarctic just broke off the size of Los Angeles. Was that county or city? What? Los Angeles. Oh, that's a good point. I I keep looking for it. I don't know. They just like to use that in the headlines, and nobody clarifies. And that's the true. difference is humongous it's between humongous. city and county. L.A. County is one of the largest counties in the country. I guess it's a city. Yeah, I, I think you're about. right. I think you're and, right. And by the way, though, that was just a natural process, according to the scientists oh. that were studying it. This wasn't part of global warming. My. They were expecting this to come off, but it still contributes to the rise in sea level. 3.5 billion cubic tons of yeah. water into the yeah. ocean. That's okay, no well, that, that's, thank you for clarifying that's that. That's no good at all. No, no, no. Speaking of crap in the system, from BuzzFeed, <laughs> Ukraine believed $391 million in military aid was already on its way to Kiev, when Trump and Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky spoke, Ukrainian officials said. So when Trump and uh, Zelensky spoke, they didn't know what was going on with the money. Zelensky did not. No. They had been told previously that the aid was coming. They knew it was coming, and they were planning on it. And this is important because of the timeline here. The Ukrainian government didn't know it was being held up in Washington by Trump nearly a month after the call, which is Trump described as perfect yes he did <laughs> how can a call be perfect you know i've had tha- what tens, tens of thousands tens of, of thousands yes, of phone, phone calls. calls in my life i've never described one of them as perfect 
That's not a, an adjective that comes to mind when describing a phone call. It was a nice phone call. It was a friendly phone call. It was a happy phone call. It was an informative a, phone call. Yeah, yeah anything phone else. Call. Yeah. A perfect phone call? I think he's just yeah. pulling words out of his arse. Well, I think this is a narcissist, too, speaking. Yeah. Because everything he does is shiny and perfect. And he's a stable genius. Uh-huh. Uh, Somebody described anyway. it as Trump branding the call. That's what he does. He brands everything. I don't yeah. even know. That's giving him too much credit. Brand. I, mean, I think he's. Yeah, I hate that word. I really hate the word. I do brand. too. I hate what it too, but I'm just saying what. Brand the call. People. You're describing the call and you're hoping that it sticks. Yeah. And you call that a brand because you get paid more if you're a professor teaching a class called branding than you are sticking. <laughs> the Ukrainian government was less stumped when they received word that the aid had been suspended. Yes. Yeah. Ukraine was expecting $250 million from the Pentagon, plus $141 million from the State Department, and officials described panic at the news that they wouldn't be getting the aid they relied on to fight Russia in a war that has now gone on for more than five years. Meanwhile, this withholding of aid in this whole episode has helped Putin. Yes, I was just going to bring this up. Yeah. What happened was Zelensky came in as this reform candidate. He's a former comedian. He won the election resoundingly, did well, comes in, and he is there to root out corruption. He's there to confront Russia on its incursion into eastern Ukraine. And what this did was it took the legs out from under him in his uh, negotiations with Russia. Yeah. And now in the subsequent time frame... They've now conceded, in a, in a way, a lot of eastern Ukraine. Yeah. They're, they're now ceding, or at least politically ceding, some of the territory in Ukraine. And it's put them in a weaker position. And also, Putin's narrative about Zelensky is that he was elected by Nazis, which is a yeah. narrative that he's been pushing in, in Russia, undermining Zelensky's credibility. And that's what they're trying to do, actively undermine him to the point where he's thrown out. So Trump either by design or by stupidity, continues to give Putin more support. Ukraine finally learned about the holdup in late August, nearly a month after the Trump call, according to Olina Zirkel, the deputy foreign minister. And they only found out from a letter sent to us from our Washington embassy, she said, that provided no explanation for the move. Trump told his acting chief of staff, Mike Mulvaney, to freeze the aid back in mid-July. That's crazy. The decision had reportedly been communicated by the U.S. Office of Management and Budget to State and Defense Department officials a week before the phone call with Zelensky and around a month before the Ukrainians eventually found out about it. Knowing exactly when and why Trump delayed aid to Ukraine will be central to the decision to draft articles of impeachment. The right. timing of all this is critical. Last week, Trump claimed he held up the aid because of concerns about corruption in Ukraine, but he changed his reason the next day, saying he ordered the aid held because of what he said was a lack of similar support to Ukraine from other Western nations, that's, which is totally crap. That's totally crap. The European Union and European financial institutions have contributed more than $16 billion just... to Ukraine in grants and loans since 2014. Yeah. House Democrats leading the impeachment inquiry have accused Trump of leveraging the millions in military aid, which has been approved by Congress, to ensure Zelensky would help him damage Biden. We all know that. Well, uh, he the, keeps the, telling us. Trump does. He keeps confessing yeah. to crimes. 
to literally to not only just crimes but an abuse of power yeah. and the the beauty of the impeachment process is it doesn't have to be a crime in order to be impeached it's an abuse of power yeah. it initially sounded like trump made this phone call and it was all trump now we're finding out pompeo was on the call yeah we're finding out that <laughs> giuliani was there trying to essentially wrangle these people into doing Trump's bidding. Now we're finding out there's a whole slew of other people through these emails. So this wasn't just Trump with one item on the agenda. There's a whole bunch of people that were actively working for months prior to this phone call in order to force Ukraine into doing Trump's bidding. The one that really drives me crazy is Bill Barr. This is Justice Department. Within the context of what all their jobs and, and responsibilities right. are, the person in charge of law I know. in the United States right. is breaking the law. And I believe that he is currently on a world tour yeah, of breaking countries <laughs> break and trying to induce them to break the law. Oh, uh, yeah. So Bob, can I, I'm going to brand this our attorney general. Yeah. Bob Barf. Bob Barf? I know, it's not that good. Okay, sorry. From Politico, the House of Representatives is investigating whether groups, including at least one foreign government, tried to curry favor with Trump by booking rooms at his hotels, but never using them. (laughs) But never using them. In other words, they're they're giving them money so they get favors. Yeah. I don't know that it's technically fraud, because they they paid money. It's not like, you know, it's up to you if you want to show up for a hotel room, but it is obviously a bribe. Now we're looking into near-raw bribery, said Representative Jerry Connolly, a Democrat from Virginia and a House Oversight Committee member who chairs the subcommittee for jurisdiction over Trump's hotel in Washington. That was the risk from day one. Foreign governments and others trying to seek favor because we know Trump pays attention to this. It's an obvious attempt to curry favor with him. The emoluments clause of the Constitution forbids a president from profiting from foreign governments or receiving any money from the U.S. government except his or her annual salary. This has always been a problem for Trump. Nancy Pelosi has considered narrowing the House impeachment inquiry to Trump's call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, but she might allow a couple other issues to be included. This is one of them. These could include accusations of both Trump illegally making money off his presidency and obstructing justice would be the other one, uh, obstructing uh, Mueller's probe into whether Trump was conspiring with the Russian mafia to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. The unifying theme of congressional investigations is the president's abuse of his office and his power to advance his personal political agenda and his financial self-enrichment. That's important to keep in mind here as we go into the inquiry. This is what it's about. Presidential abuse of power and making money. And also eviscerating the power of Congress as an oversight agency, as an oversight branch of the government. Well, that's that's, obstruction of justice. Obstruction of justice. I mean, he's literally daring them to impeach him. And now, if they don't, they really are for maybe years to come eviscerating the power of Congress to do so. If a president can just say, well, bite me, and they don't do anything, then you have set a precedent that is very troubling. (laughs) The Trump Hotel in D.C. is the former post office the dc Uh post office the republicans forced the postal service into putting out the money for pension funds to a degree that no other agency in the government was yeah that's why the post office isn't making money is because they're trying to to 
support pensions. Right. Bring in equity for, that no other agency like was for. Like 50 years in advance. Yeah, which is unheard of in any yeah. other agency. And this was a bald-faced attempt on the Republicans' part to essentially force the government to sell off these assets, one of which is the D.C. Yeah. post office, which Trump has turned into his hotel. You said the post office stands uh, unique among agencies. It stands unique among any corporation. Is that right? Well, yeah. no corporation is gathering money for pensions yeah. that are due 50 years from right. now. Right. They're barely doing it five years from right. now. Right. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9 on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI-FM. Stream us live on TuneIn or go to KUCI.org. From the Nation by John Nichols, who's been around there for ages. A long time. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, I'd be District Columbia. Mm -hmm. D.C. It's not a comic book circuit. (laughs) For the District of Columbia Circuit issued a ruling that effectively upheld Trump's FCC decision to kill net neutrality. That's a sad thing. This is hard. Even as one of the judges on the panel said she was deeply concerned that the result is unhinged from the realities of modern broadband service. Yeah. In other words, it has nothing to do with reality. No. Without net neutrality rules, Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T will screw customers with higher prices, internet throttling, blocking, and slow lane traffic. However, there's a little bright side to this ruling. The court did not reject net neutrality as an unworkable or unconstitutional concept. And it reverses the FCC's decision to preempt state net neutrality laws, making clear that states are free to pass net neutrality laws in order to protect their residents. Which California is working on, right? California has already passed the gold standard for state net neutrality legislation. Trump Justice Department has challenged the California law, but it's on the books. In addition to California and three other states that have passed strong net neutrality legislation, five have issued executive orders saying they won't do business with ISPs that violate net neutrality, and another 27 states have opened discussions about net neutrality legislation. So this could be a state issue from yeah. moving forward. And but you know the Republicans won't like it because they only like state issues if it applies to, to abortion and yeah. gun control. <laughs> Meanwhile, in March of this year, Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey and Representative Mike Doyle introduced the Save the Internet Act, a measure that supporters explain enacts the three legacy net neutrality principles. No blocking, no throttling, and no paid prioritization. And empowers the FCC to prohibit unjust, unreasonable, and discriminatory practices. The legislation also restores the FCC's authority to fund broadband access, especially for rural communities and struggling Americans. That's good. Yes. It should be a utility. Absolutely. We said that from the get-go. Yes, absolutely. We're so damn dependent on it to to even get a job. How is it not a utility? The House has already approved the measure, and 46 Senate Democrats are co-sponsoring the proposal in the chamber. Several key Republicans have spoken up in favor of net neutrality, so Senate approval is within the realm of possibility here. Yeah, yeah. Even though the FCC itself had thrown net neutrality away and the yeah. court ruled in favor of them, there's a possibility 
that we might just overturn the whole process. If the phone is a utility, yeah, right? Yeah. The phone's a Especially utility. Especially now. If the phone's a utility, internet has to be. It has to be. Yeah. It's essential that Democratic candidates for president make a commitment, as Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has, to, and these are her words, appoint FCC commissioners who will restore net neutrality, regulating Internet service providers as common carriers, and maintaining open access to the Internet. Bernie Sanders has also made it a theme of his campaign. After the court decision was announced, Sanders said, We must fight to keep the Internet free and open. Not dominated by corporations. This struggle is essential to free speech and democracy. Nathan was also waving his hands just above his well, head when he was that. doing that. Yeah, he was do doing that. that whole thing. With, with Get Bernie. well, Bernie. Get well, Bernie. Well, that we, I love you, he Bernie. He goes in with a, yeah. gets a, a couple a of stents. Stint. Yeah. yeah. Well, they just do that with a little tube they stick up your something. Yeah. They go through a thigh, one yeah. of the arteries in your thigh. My yeah. dad's had that done. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad had a stint put in. Yeah. They cracked his ribs open, stuck his heart on a table, and did it that way. They did that for my dad, too. Way He's back had when? A couple like of 20 years ago? Mm, yeah, 15, yeah. 10, yeah. 15, yeah. Wow. Cracked it open. Yeah. His heart was out of his body. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it went kind of quiet, Mahler. <laughs> yeah, Mahler, that got his attention. Speaking of the Internet, from the New York Times, in leaked audio, Mark Zuckerberg said he would sue over Elizabeth Warren's antitrust plan if she was elected president. If she gets elected president, then I would bet that we will have a legal challenge, and I would bet that we would win that legal challenge. Does that still suck for us? Yes, I mean, I don't want to have a major lawsuit against our own government, but look, at the end of the day, God, I hate that phrase, the end of the day, what? The The day's going to (laughs) end. (laughs) If someone's going to try to threaten something that existential, like not getting money I'm entitled to. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. because I'm a spoiled brat. You go to the mat and you fight. Yeah. So if I can't maintain my monopoly over information, you guys can go to hell. Warren responded, what would really suck is if we don't fix a corrupt system that lets giant companies like Facebook engage in illegal anti-competitive practices, stomp on consumer privacy rights, and repeatedly fumble their responsibility to protect our democracy. Warren's plan calls for legislation that would prohibit platforms like Amazon from both offering a marketplace for commerce and participating in that marketplace. Appointing regulators to undo some tech mergers and rolling back some acquisitions by tech giants like Facebook's deal with WhatsApp and Instagram. The business channel MSNBC yeah. was had a reporter on there, some arse, who was talking about uh, how Elizabeth Warren, the people on Wall Street are very upset at the idea of Elizabeth Warren being the candidate. They're not going to give her any money. He editorialized about it. I mean, literally, like it was a good thing that like, they weren't going to give, like she was going to be at a disadvantage because of this. Yeah. Like. They don't see it. Yeah. I just they, like. They, they, don't, they don't see how, how that plays into corruption. Yeah. They only see that no. we're going to withhold something from you. Yeah. You can't have this. It just speaks to how entitled and how above it all they think that they yeah. really are. And Elizabeth will <laughs> kick their butts if she gets in there. Yeah. That's right, mother. From The Intercept. Just ahead of the one-year anniversary of the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, 
Senator Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine, marked the occasion at a California fundraiser where she was feted as the hero of the Kavanaugh confirmation. That was this week. The Lincoln Women's Leadership Committee hosted Collins at Orange County's Private Pacific Club for an invitation-only lunch and reception to benefit her re-election. As you know, her actions during the Kavanaugh hearing have made her a number one target among the radical left. The radical left. Yeah, the invitation reads. Yes. No. It makes her the target of anyone who doesn't want Brett the Penis Kavanaugh sitting on the Supreme Court. A manifestly unfit man to be uh, on the Supreme Court. Uh, 96% of the cash raised by Collins' campaign this cycle has been from out of state. Yeah. Yeah. I loathe her, by the way. What she did in the Kavanaugh hearings was just despicable. She has received only $162,000 from donors in Maine, but raised more than three times as much, $500,000 from donors in California, and in New York, $573,000. Well, that seems pretty radical. Yeah, the radical right is supporting her. Collins' actions, while celebrated by Trump Republicans, have been the subject of controversy in Maine. Her speech last year announcing her decision to support Kavanaugh called into question the veracity of Christine Blassie Ford's allegation that Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her. I, I just she called reje- her a liar. Yeah, he called her. She called her a liar, and I just reject the idea. She's she's called often the moderate a Republican, well, the one the swing vote. I know she's good on the net neutrality. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah. But most of the time, she's Lucy and Charlie Brown. She will talk a game, and then she pulls the football out at the last minute. I just have a particular dislike of her. Yeah, I'm a... He doesn't like her either. No, I can tell. From Technology Review, Planet Nine is a hypothetical planet in the outer reaches of our solar system beyond Neptune, located in the Kuiper Belt. That's where all that junk flies around, the asteroids and rocks and stuff. It's hypothetical because astronomers can't see it, but they can see that other asteroids, comets, and space rocks in the belt seem to cluster together in patterns that cannot easily be explained unless a large planet is shepherding them gravitationally in some way. Mm -hmm. This evidence hints at Planet Nine's mass and also suggests it must be a long way off. 250 times the distance from the Earth to the Sun, which is why it's so hard to spot. But some astronomers now say there may be another reason nobody has seen Planet Nine, because it may not be a planet at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Planet Nine may be a primordial black hole. (laughs) That's right, Mahler. A super dense lump of matter about the size of a tennis ball. Wow. And it's pulling in. Yeah. Huge objects into its... Primordial black holes are entirely different from black holes formed by the collapse of large stars. They are tiny and numerous, but difficult to spot. There was little evidence for their existence, at least until earlier this year, when astronomers reported a number of puzzling observations pointing to the possibility that primordial black holes may be common, after all. These observations come from an experiment called the Optical Gravitational Lensing Experiment, or OGLE, which looks for changes in the brightness of distant stars and galaxies caused by gravitational lensing. That's when a large mass focuses the light from an object behind it, acting like a lens. If these objects align in a way that places Earth at the focal point, astronomers get a magnified view of the more distant object for free. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. 
The optical gravitational lensing experiment has spotted a number of lenses that seem to be much smaller and closer sitting within our own galaxy. These objects are highly compact and about five times the mass of the Earth. So a tennis ball with the mass of the Earth. God. Nobody knows what they are, but one possibility is that they're primordial black holes. If so, then our universe must be filled with them. Here comes one now. <laughs> get it, Mahler. Get it. Get it up. Get it yeah, go, go get it. Uh, if the uh, ogle events are due to a population of primordial black holes, then it is possible that Planet Nine is not a planet, but black hole number nine. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. And finally... Only days after the annual Oktoberfest began in Munich, a German court ruled that hangovers are a disease. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.